Welcome to another episode of the Head of Nations podcast. I'm your host, Brian, and across from me is your co-host, Ben. Ben, what's new in your nations this week? Reading is the new thing. Um, not that I just learned, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just trying to hit like this hard. So I just finished up a program, um, fellowship program, and uh, had me reading a ton, and I was just like, you know, I, I want to keep this going. So um, so yeah, I'm, I'm trying to you know, to, um, to get my kids, um, into, you know, more books. So, um, Wing Feather Saga, Andrew Peterson, that's one. And then, uh, Tom Sawyer by Mark Twain with the oldest child. Uh, those are two books I hope, you know, this summer he'll get into, but then, um, and we'll get into together. Ideally, um, we both have copies of it. So, um, but then the Chronicles of Narnia with the younger two, um, I want to read uh, a book with my wife or, and so we haven't decided what, what that would be yet, but, um, but yeah, I want to start reading the Lord of the Rings again. You know, I want like, <laughs> I, you know, I have this amb- pretty ambitious, uh, um, reading list and, and, and goals. So anyways, maybe J.I. Packer too, knowing God, that might be a good one to, to read together as well. So that's the new thing. What about you, Brian? Oh, well, first of all, I like your aspirations for reading there. It's always good to read more books, so good on you for that. Mm. So this week it's it's more physical, so I'm working on some takedowns for jujitsu where I feel like my takedown game needs some help, and a lot of the guys I go against or compete against are larger than me, and so it takes a little bit more effort and technique on my end to actually get them from standing to the ground against their will, mm-hmm. obviously, right? Mm-hmm. They're not trying to help me out. They're trying to stop me, so... Yeah, I've been working some techniques for taking people down so that I have a a better chance if I'm the one that initiates Mm -hmm. as opposed to responding to their takedown. So yeah, yeah. so something practical and I think something that is needed in my combat game. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. there you go. So it's new in my nation. I just go just right below the belt. That'll get. There, I mean, it would take them down. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd I'd lose some training partners in the gym, maybe. <laughs> but but you never know. Maybe that that gained me a reputation of you. Don't you don't want to go with that guy? Yeah, sure, sure. He's just yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we move into the verse of the week for this week, and that is in First Corinthians chapter sixteen. That's First Corinthians chapter sixteen, verse thirteen. I'm not operating at a hundred percent as far as my voice is. So we'll just give this a good old honest college try here. So if I cough or whatever, I'll try to edit that out, but I'll do my best to read without squeaking or my voice cracking. So this is first Corinthians 16, 13, and it says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be men of courage, be strong. Then verse 14 says, do everything in love. And there's a, another several other actually translations out there. I think it's the ESV and it may also be the NASB that says act like men is how it interprets that be men of courage. It says act like men. So I just wanted to drill that in before I asked you for your reflections there. So what are your thoughts on this passage here? Yeah, I think of, you know, I think of the opposite, you know, Um, immediately I think of, you know, a man who is not courageous yes i think would be less of a man a coward C- cowardice i think is is not manly is not what men should be right do you know what happens to cowards do you know what revelation says i think i think i do but maybe do does something bad happen to them brian cowards go to hell that's okay, what revelation well, says go. i'm actually we've got an episode <laughs> on this there. and that I, I did go there i mean that's just that's scriptural fact 
All right, and we're going to do an episode on that. Yeah, I, I didn't want. I was going to say know. they judge. They got judged. It, like you know something. More. They are in the list of people that are in hell. Yeah, the cowards. cowardly. Mm-hmm. So continue. Yeah, that's right. No, I mean you. I mean that's. I'm good there. That's yeah. Good. yeah. So yeah, I, I really like this passage because it's a rare example of specific exhortation mm. to be masculine, mm-hmm. to be be a man as God intended man yeah. to be. Yeah. There are questions I feel like in society today, and that's you know, this partially goes back to episode one of why we're doing this. But when I'm talking to men who are Christian, when I'm talking to males who aren't Christian or are Christian, there is this confusion around what should I be as a man? And I feel like it's a big struggle in churches today because this question of like, how should a redeemed man act just seems to plague society. And here we have encouragement. Act like a man, Mm. right? Be a man of courage. And when we think of courage, it's not that we have no fear or we have no doubts, but it's doing the right thing despite our fears or our doubts. And so that's a scriptural exhortation right there, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which I think is awesome. Yeah. Yes. All right. So let's move straight into the topic for this week. And this is a topic I was actually planning to save for a little bit. And then I realized we are inching a lot closer to summer. And with summer comes this topic. And the topic for the week is your body, your temple. And this is really going to be about fitness. And I wanted to kind of save this for two weeks from now, but I thought, why don't we strike while the iron is hot? So two times a year, people think about fitness, generally speaking. One is New Year's, where people make their New Year's resolutions about getting jacked like Arnold or whatever. And then the other is beach season. And we're pretty much coming up on beach season. So the first thing I want to address is the why of getting into better shape. So if you haven't listened to episode two, Level Up, where we cover some of these things, I just wanted to give a few reasons quickly, as opposed to in Level Up, we give generally a a broader view of the reasons for improving. So briefly today, here is a list of reasons why one should get in better shape. First is mental discipline. There is a sense of mental discipline of committing to something and continuing to do it even when it's difficult that is involved in fitness. Number two is overall health. There are actual health benefits to being in better shape. Three is confidence, where if you add weight to your bench press or your squat, or if you notice you've gotten a little bit leaner, I don't know if you've ever gained muscle or gotten leaner one or the other and noticed a confidence difference in yourself. Well, that's contagious, right? Other people see that as well. Number four, related to number three, is it expands your domain, where people are drawn to you when you are more confident and when you are more fit. And that allows you to exert more influence over people because they seek you out. And this is a great thing if we are godly men. We want people to come to us so that we can have influence over them and and instill in them godly principles. And the last thing, and I think this is not a familiar concept in our Western culture, but I think it's awesome and it's learning to suffer. You know, one of the things that my pastor preaches and I I think is biblically sound to the max 
is the concept that as Christians, we will, we're actually, we're called to, and it's not you might, it's we will share in Christ's suffering. Now, I'm not saying that lifting is part of that sharing in Christ's suffering, but there's a principle of Christianity that we are called to suffer for Christ and with Christ, to share in his sufferings. Well, there has to be some redeeming aspect to that suffering. And I think in general, there is a redeeming aspect to all suffering, especially if we believe that we are those who are chosen, that we are God's people, then God will use our suffering for good. But beyond that, just as a man, there is a redemptive aspect to suffering where we're almost purified in a way through suffering. Suffering teaches you to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, to be long-suffering, which basically is being good at suffering. So I think there's something really unique here where you choose to suffer so that you get better at suffering, so that when life brings challenges or trials to you, you're like, you know what? I suffer four days a week under the barbell, or I suffer four days a week running or whatever it is, you're familiar with it. So when life brings situations, it's not a shock to your system. And along with that suffering, if you lift with other people, there's something really bonding about suffering together with other men, where it deepens that relationship. So I didn't know what your thoughts were on that, but I wanted to open it up for your comments, Ben. Yeah, um, I, I was thinking of it when I, you know, you introduced the topic about, you know, about our bodies, uh, physical discipline and our bodies being temples. Um, I was, you know, I was, I was just kind of like thinking about our bodies as temples, thinking about the temple, period. You know, um, temples are their physical structures in which spiritual worship takes place. And so... The temple, when you think of the Old Testament temple, had to be neat, orderly, clean. Aesthetically, it was a beautiful place, you know, filled with gold and things like that, right? The physical building mattered to God because it had an actual effect on the spiritual activities of his people, right? So when we think about it, like a, like a filthy, drab, polluted temple reflects a soul who doesn't really care about God, right? So like signs of neglect reflect the spiritual state of a person or the people. And so I think that if we are temples of the Spirit of God, um, He dwells in us. We know that our physical state affects our spiritual state, and our spiritual state then ought to affect our physical state. You know, that's so that's I was kind of thinking about that um, today, but you you sort of mentioned that and I was that, that stuck with me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's important to note in Scripture, we are made as a spiritual being encased in flesh. We're both flesh and spirit. And there will be a bodily resurrection, Mm -hmm. right? The body isn't just some polluted thing that we're supposed to cast off and that's going to go away. There will be, 1 Corinthians 15 talks Mm -hmm. about this, a bodily resurrection resurrection. So we're not just spirits in a body. We're together a spirit and a body as one unit. And when we are resurrected in Christ, we'll be resurrected as a spirit and a body together. So the body's important. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't important, God would not have made it, right? So 
You know, one thing that I think that comes from this concept of that in Christianity today, modern Christianity, that seems to neglect this concept of the body that never really talks about that. Really, we focus all on spiritual. And obviously, having our spiritual matters align with God's will for our spiritual lives, are it's the most important thing. It's the eternal thing. But part of that is our body. And with this, a lot of times, a lot of people think, you know what, it doesn't really matter what I do with my body. It doesn't really matter whether I take care of it or not. But just on a fundamental thing, like if you're married, this is just a note I made that I was going to mention in passing, but I'm going to, I'm going to land here for a couple of minutes. Loving your wife or your future wife, if you're not married yet, listener, involves taking care of your body. We're supposed to love our wives as we love ourselves. And if we're not loving ourselves and taking care of ourselves, are we really loving our wives? Like really, it's I think it's selfish to let yourself go. And I, I fell prey to this, and we talked about this a, a few episodes ago when I got fat. And you don't seem to remember this, but I, I do. I do. So I let myself go. I thought, you know what? I love God, and my wife loves me, and she's going to love me no matter what. So, you know, if, if I, I gain an extra 50 or 60 pounds, it's okay. It's all good. And it may be okay in the sense of in eternity, that's not going to matter as much as the status of my eternal soul. But my wife was attracted to me when she met me. I was a more svelte, fit guy. And really like, think about this. Like, do, do you want, do you want the person you marry to be like, I don't really care what you think about me. I'm just going to do what I want. And no matter how you feel about that, I really could care less. Because really, that's what we're saying when we let ourselves go. That's we're it. not taking into consideration the feelings of the other person. Yeah. We're taking into consideration, I want that extra cake. And trust me, I understand <laughs> wanting the extra cake. I really do. Like, I really, really do. <laughs> but expecting my wife to be attracted to me, like physically attracted to me, no matter how I look, that's a hallmark fantasy. Right? My wife's a human being. And no matter how redeemed she is, she's a human being. Right? She might appreciate my spirit, but she might not be attracted to the outside if I let it go. So I'm not loving my wife if I let myself go. And I think that's an important point. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, you know, that if our if we do kind of go down that road and, you know, we start thinking that spiritual spiritual things are the, the only things that matter in my life and, and, and neglect the physical body, you know, so I pollute my body. Uh, I neglect exercise, I, you know, uh, which this is eventually going to show up in my walk with God. It will. Um, in my relationships, it'll show up. And, you know, my, my, my wife and my kids, my work, laziness and eventually apathy, right? Laziness is going to give way to apathy. Uh, and then we turn into, you know, giant sloth people, right? Monsters. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I think that, that both parts of us, body and soul, I think are, are dependent on each other uh, for for real. I think thriving, yes. So I agree with that. Yeah, and I think it's important to recognize that I really think all matters ultimately are spiritual matters. Mm-hmm. Like we separate the physical and the spiritual, but I think the physical is a manifestation of the spiritual a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. So let's say we've had this conversation, we've hit the high points, and people are on board. Well, we're going to get to how to do this, but the general goal, like, let's say you're on board. So you're like, okay, okay, I'm on board with this. I want to be healthier. I want to be more fit. So most guys, they want to have less fat and more muscle, right? Isn't that generally the goal of most guys? Yeah. 
Okay, good. I want to make sure I was on track with this. I, I feel like since you affirmed that, we're good. So how can you accomplish this successfully? So the problem is that a lot of advice out there for guys about how to get fit, it's just plain wrong. It's about losing weight only. And if you want to have muscle and less fat, most of the fitness advice out there is lose a bunch of weight right now. And do you know what you lose along with all of that weight? Yeah, muscle. Uh, yes, a yeah. lot of muscle. Yeah. So most advice will help you lose weight fast, but most of that weight is going to be muscle. So if you want to be leaner and have a good aesthetic, we're going to walk through this. And then if you're still not sold on that, I've got some points at the end here I want to hit to just to reinforce, but let's say you are sold out. And if you're not, just hang to the end and I'm going to hit a couple more philosophical and scriptural points. So how do you lose fat, gain muscle? I'm going to share from my experience because I've lost a lot of fat, I've gained some muscle, and I've made a lot of mistakes along the way that I hope to spare the listeners. So learn from my mistakes. A smart man learns from his mistakes. A wise man learns from the mistakes of others. So be wise on this one. So first of all, there's no secret sauce. There's no shortcut. If you want to get leaner, more toned, you need to either move more or eat less or some combination of both. That's it. That's that's the secret sauce. Mm -hmm. There is no secret sauce besides this. If you want to get leaner, you need to move more or eat less. Now, personally, I prefer to eat less. I mean, I like to move, but movement means time allotment, mm -hmm. and I can save time by eating less. Mm -hmm. If I have to run for 45 minutes, that's a huge chunk out of my day. Mm -hmm. It takes me literally no more time to eat less. That's so that's true. why I prefer that. Yeah. So. If you're wanting to get leaner, you're probably going to have to run a calorie deficit. So hear me out. And I'm going to say this and you're going to be like, I don't want to do this. The listeners are going to be like, I don't want to do this. I'm telling you, it gets way easier. And this is the way. You need to track what you eat. Mm -hmm. I How just want you to acknowledge you said this is the way, which is a Mandalorian reference. It is. It it's, is. It's yes. May 4th too. So that's pretty, that's pretty amazing there. Whoa. Yeah. I, that was actually unintentional. <laughs> the, the reference was intentional, but it being, we're recording this on May 4th. So yeah. So there you go. Wow. Yeah. Nerds. Layers. Just nerds. Layers. Okay. All right. So anyway, you're going to need to know how many calories you're eating to know how many calories you need to cut. Hmm. Right. And so if you don't track what you eat, this is going to be really difficult. I'm going to hit back on this again because this is not just singly important on losing weight. It's doubly important for gaining muscle. So track what you eat. My Fitness Pal is a free app. They don't sponsor us. I get nothing out of this. It's just what I use. I use my Fitness Pal. It's super simple. You type in what you eat. It already has the calories per serving already squared away for you. So log what you eat and then figure out how many calories your body needs. My Fitness Pal calculates that. Boom. Done. And then if you're like, I need to lose weight, 500 calorie per day deficit is what you want to run. And by the way, you can't do this forever. Your body adapts. Your body's amazing. God made your body to be very adaptable and your body gets used to calorie deficits and it'll stop losing weight. So if you stop losing weight, get away in twice a week. You know, I do Monday and Friday. You stop losing weight, cut 300 more calories and you'll start losing weight again. You know what? Two weeks later, you stop losing weight again. So at some point, it's going to get to the danger zone where your body's going to start getting jacked up if you don't stop. So the most you can run this is like 16 weeks, and then you'll stop, and then you'll reverse the process, add back 100 calories a week until you hit back to what your maintenance is. Maintenance is where you don't gain, you don't lose, you hold even. For me, that maintenance level is about 2,700 calories. 
So when I don't want to gain, I don't want to lose, I eat 2,700 calories. I want to lose, I eat 2,100 calories, or I guess it'd be 2,200 calories at first. I eat 2,200 calories. I want to gain, I add a little bit. It's the formula. It's what works. So guys, you want to get leaner? Run a 500 calorie a day deficit. It's going to not be fun. You're going to be cranky. But if we're talking about long-term benefits health-wise, like if your blood pressure, your blood pressure will drop. Your risk for diabetes will drop. Risk for stroke and heart attack will drop as the waistline drops and as your body fat composition drops. Other benefits of this, testosterone increases. Do you know what testosterone helps? Muscle growth, Brian. Yeah, muscle growth and pretty much everything. <laughs> testosterone is linked to confidence, mm. right? Testosterone helps you sleep better. Testosterone and serotonin play really well together. Mm. So if you have higher testosterone, you'll have higher serotonin levels, which means you'll sleep, sleep better and be better. calmer. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So that's just simply from being leaner, right? Those are just some practical benefits. Mm. So if you're like, why would I suffer and be hangry? for three or four weeks just mm. so I can look better. Well, you're not just gonna look better, you're gonna feel better, you're going to sleep better, you're gonna have lower blood pressure, you know what else is gonna be lower? Probably your cholesterol, mm. like actually. The data supports this. So there are a lot of benefits just outside of like, hey, I'm gonna have a six pack, hey, that's great. You know, mm. rock mm. on. Mm -hmm. You do you and have a six pack, that's awesome. Mm. You know, like, my, my goal is typically when I lean out, I usually lean out once a year and my, my goal is to see some abs. And that took me years to get there. Like this was a multi-year process where I cut for 16 weeks, lost 20, 30 pounds. Then I stayed there, gained a little bit of muscle, cut again and stayed there. And you have to be in the game for this to be a long-term process. If you're like, I don't want to do this for years. Hey, you know what? Do it for 12 weeks. Feel better, look better, sleep better. Have your doctor be wowed by your cholesterol numbers. But I do want to say, you have to exit properly. Just like anything else, you have to exit properly. Like if you don't exit the ski lift properly when you're skiing, you know what happens? You get wrecked. Mm. You don't exit your calorie cut properly. You're going to end up gaining more weight back than you had originally. That's why you've got to reverse. You've got to slowly add the calories back instead of eating like you would have eaten before. That's a recipe to actually what's called yo-yo dieting where you lose, gain, lose, gain, lose, gain. You don't want to do that. So you want to exit properly. Now, let's talk about lifting. Ben, do you lift? Yes. All right. I, I lift too. Mm -hmm. So what do you like to lift? I like to lift uh, probably arms, chest, back, shoulders. Those are the fun ones. Period. Everyone hates leg day. Like <laughs> I do leg day, but everyone hates leg day. I hate leg day. So let me just tell the listeners and you what I found that's worked for me. It's... A workout that's manageable time-wise helps me keep and gain muscle and helps me stay lean. Mm. All right, so I do two different workouts twice a week. So I do chest, shoulders. Well, I do chest, shoulders, and triceps on one day. And then I do biceps, back, and legs on the other day. And so I do bench press, three sets. Overhead press, three sets. Some kind of triceps, usually skull crushers, three sets. I do lateral shoulder raises, three sets. And then I do something else for chest, either flies or push-ups or wide grip bench press, three sets. That's my workout for chest day. For bicep day, I do one of two things, depending upon how my shoulder reacts. I've got, I've got a little bit of a tweaked shoulder. I usually do curls, 
five sets. Rows, three to four sets. Squats, three sets. Then I'm done. And you know what I do on chest day again? I do the same chest day workout I did before. You know what I do on bicep day the second day of the week? Same bicep workout I did before. Same thing, biceps, rows, squats. It's something I can get done in under 45 minutes. A lot of times I can get it done in under half an hour. And I make growth and I stay consistent. So I didn't know if you had something like you like to do that you wanted to share. Yeah, I mean, every day my, well, every week my routine changes. Um, I try to change the exercises um, to kind of like not let my muscles get used to any one exercise. And so it's like I put monthly rotation, really. But yeah, I do, the, I mean, the first day I'll do arms, that's biceps and triceps, and then the second day is shoulders. Third day is back, so separate days for shoulders and back. And then I have um, abs and chests on the same day, and then the dreaded leg day. And that's that's what I've been kind of running through for the past, I don't know, almost, I guess almost two years now. And that's been good for me, um, just kind of keeping my body guessing. Um, sometimes uh, I'll increase reps like crazy, um, and then other times I'll just increase the weight and just try to, you know, try to, to hurt myself in those ways. Mm-hmm. But yeah, <laughs> that's really it. I'm an increase the weight guy. I don't mm-hmm. like increasing reps. Typically, mm-hmm. I like I like that feeling of adding weight to the bar. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you can only add so much more weight. Mm-hmm. So like to, it becomes to the, about reps. Yeah, to the newer people, like. The first thing is lift safely. So if you don't know how to do a lift, there are plenty of videos out there or find someone you know that knows how to lift. Like I have people ask me sometimes Mm -hmm. about certain lifts because lifting in correctly can be dangerous. And then when you feel like you've got, if you can get eight reps, clean reps with good form at the weight you're at, it's time to add five more pounds. So a two and a half on each side and then go for five and then work your way up to eight and then add five pounds. That's the recipe for success that's helped me over the years. Mm. That's where I've gained lean mass and been able to build strength is just that add weight. So I'm an add weight guy, but at some point you have to add those reps. Mm. You've got to go from five to six, Mm -hmm. six to seven, seven to eight. So once you get those eight clean reps, add weight, no matter what the lift is. It doesn't matter if it's a bench press, overhead press, curl, whatever it is. Mm. That's the recipe for success, at least for me. And different things might work for different people. But if you're trying to, you know, keep your workouts shorter and also be able to gain strength. That's the way. And I just want to talk one more time about tracking calories. Mm. This is where it really matters to me. I hate wasting effort. Mm -hmm. I hate it. Inefficiency really bothers me and wasting time really bothers me. And effort is efficiency in time, right? Mm. So if you jack steel, you go to the weight room, you make the time, you suffer under the bar, and you're trying to gain muscle and you don't eat enough. Do you know what you just did? You wasted effort. That's why I track calories when I'm trying to gain muscle mm. is what if I don't eat enough? Well, that would happen. And I'd be like, why am I not gaining any strength or muscle? Well, because I'm not eating enough. Well, how do I know if I'm not eating enough? I have to track it. Mm. There needs to be a metric. So this is why I really encourage people. If you're like, you know what? I don't care about getting leaner. I want to get stronger. Well, then it's doubly important for you to track your calories because if you want to get stronger and you're not eating enough, your body, people will be like, my body won't know. Your body doesn't know. Hmm. You might feel hungrier, but your body doesn't know if you've had enough calories. Like I used to try this. I used to fight counting calories and I'd be like, I'm just going to eat whatever. And I would struggle 
to gain weight, like muscle weight, not like fat weight. I'd struggle to gain muscle weight. I would struggle to hit higher reps. Over the past about three and a half years, I think it's been, I haven't checked lately. I hit the thousand day in a row mark on my fitness pal like a half a year ago of like consists every single day logging in. Since then, it's been a steady upward climb because I've had that accountability. So guys, I'm telling you, the way forward, track what you eat. If you want to gain muscle, it's really important. You want to lose weight, it's really important. But then you've got to be consistent. So let's talk about this concept with lifting. I just want to reinforce the, we talked a little bit about the how. I want to talk about the why again. So you're sold on, I'm going to lift. Well, when it starts to get hard, because it will get hard, there are days, are there days when you don't feel like lifting? Yeah. Yeah. There are days when I don't feel like lifting. Do you know what I do on those days? Lift. I lift. Yeah, I do. I do. Like, I really cannot think, and this isn't like a, wow, I'm amazing. This mm-hmm. is actually, I'm not amazing because I, I cannot miss a day or I'll miss every day for the rest of my mm-hmm. life. That's just how I am. Mm-hmm. I'm not the kind of guy that can miss a day and then be like, you know what? I missed two weeks of lifting and now I'm back for the next five years. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's not me. I'm the, if I miss a day, it's over forever or at least for like the next decade. Mm-hmm. So like when I had COVID, I lifted. Mm. Now, I started doing like my regular lifts and my sister who's a nurse was like, what are you? Like she, she found that I had COVID and she like called me and I'm like, hang on, I, I, need, I need to finish my lift. And then she's like, what are you doing? You're like literally gonna die. Like you need to, I'm like, I'm not gonna die. But, so she lit into me. <coughs> That's not COVID. <laughs> so she lit into me about lifting with COVID. And so I, I still lifted, but I lifted way lighter because I knew if I missed a day, even when I was down and out with COVID, I knew if I missed a day, hmm. I was going to miss forever. So what do I do when I don't want to lift? I lift. That's self-discipline. So if we're talking about the spiritual aspect of this, a lot of the Christian life is self-discipline. What do I do when I want to sin and I know I shouldn't sin? Well, do you know there's a, a fruit of the spirit that kind of lines up with this. Do you know what that fruit of the spirit is? It's self-control. We could rattle off, there's a fruits of the spirit song. I'm not going to do that to you guys. But <laughs> one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. Well, how do you learn to control yourself? Well, part of it is literally, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. If you're redeemed, part of that is the work of the Holy Spirit. Do you know the way in which you learn that? through doing things you don't want to do or not doing things you want to do. And it's a choice. Well, how do you learn to continue to choose the right thing? By choosing the right thing when it's hard. Do you know what happens when you choose the right thing when it's hard? The next time you have to choose the right thing when it's hard, it gets easier and easier and easier. So that the point now, like, I don't even have that fight with myself generally anymore of like, oh, I really don't want to lift. You know, I could do this, do that. It's like, I don't want to lift. Okay, well, let's go lift. Because I've learned, I've practiced over the years lifting when I don't want to. Well, similarly with sins that used to have dominion in my life, that I let have dominion, that didn't need to have dominion because I've been freed by Christ. When I made the decision to live the way Christ wanted me to live and to not give in to them. And when I stopped giving in to them, do you know what happened? It became easier every time to the point now where it's not really a thing. It's not like, oh, I, I really want to do that. It's like, no, like 
no ping on the radar at all. It's a similar principle, and that's really one of the reasons why I think as a, as a Christian man that lifting is important is because it teaches us self-discipline. I don't know if you had any thoughts mm. on that, Ben. Yeah, and I think like of how of how countercultural this this message really is. I mean, I'm reminded uh, by Paul, First Corinthians nine, where he has he quotes the there's a Corinthian slogan um, where you have uh, food is meant for the body and the body for food, you know. And he, uh, at the end of First uh, Corinthians nine, he, you know, as he's quoting the Corinthian slogan, he's kind of like, you know, um, he's shooting a hole in it, but uh, and he's challenging them to, you know, to a higher to a higher level, right, of of holiness and righteousness. Um, but he says at the end, um, I don't know what verse that is, like in the 27. twenty seven. Twenty seven. Can I read this? <clears throat> I, I was actually going to bring this up. Go for it. All right here yeah. we go. I have it ready right now. He says no. I beat my body yeah, and make right. it my slave yeah. <laughs> so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. I just want to yeah, read that first yeah. part one more time. Yeah. He says, no, I beat my body and make it my slave. That verse right there, that for like a year and a half when I, w- I would do these crazy workouts, I would come back to this verse and I'd be like, no, I beat my body and make it my slave. But there's a spiritual element to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, so well, that's a, yeah, ahead. and that's what I, I would say is like, is, Paul says that. And in the ESV, that's what I was thinking, is, is that he has the, the words, uh, you know, I discipline my body and I keep it under control. And that's, and th- those words are interesting, like, because like, it makes me think well, the body is something I need to keep under control, right? I mean, like you have it out of control with the Corinthians. Food is meant for the body and the body for food, you know? So I, it's science, a fact of life. My body wants what it wants. I got to give it to it, you know, like whatever, whatever that thing is. Um, you know, if I have a desire for a thing, food, drink, lust, whatever. I couldn't um, help it. Isn't that what, yeah, that's what basically right? what they're saying, um, right? Yeah, I, then I, I should that have phrase. that thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. whatever it is. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, almost it, it's outside of my control so that my body's out of control and I have to, and I have to discipline it, you know, and mm-hmm. I have to control it. Um, and so it's like, if we're, you know, body, soul, you know, spiritual, physical, it, one of those things, you know, if, if one of those things is out of whack, if it's not in control um, and we're not working together, I think things can go very poorly, right? Um, that's kind of what what we said before, but like either you're acting purely based on your bodily desires and appetites, or you're overly concerned with the spiritual, which will leave you malnourished, decrepit, obese, weak, unable to perform important tasks men do and must do, you know, work or tending to the garden, um, the garden of the household, you know, whatever it is, you know, I think that those, uh, the body and soul have to be united. But, you know, like you said, self-control um, is such a key part in that, you know, is the key part in that, where if, if, if one of those things is rolling over the other, bad things will happen. Not good, not good pain will happen, <laughs> you know, not the growing pain will happen. Absolutely. Um, the opposite will happen. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a phrase I actually don't have in the notes, but I just want to say that I've heard that has impacted me that you'll either suffer the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. Oh, there you go. And by discipline, it means self-discipline. That's Mm -hmm. what that phrase means. Like you'll either discipline yourself and that is painful. There is pain involved in that, but I don't think it's as bad as the pain of regret. I don't know if you've ever regretted anything. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
it's that's bad to regret something like that pain it's a nagging gnawing pain but the pain of self-discipline is temporary yeah one leads to growth the other leads to destruction right absolutely um, yeah that's interesting yeah Hmm. so i just want to reiterate here why we're doing this because i feel like that's important i don't do this simply so i can look good with my shirt off and now i'm not gonna lie i i like how my body looks. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as I'm not going around and being braggadocious. Like, y- you know me, I-, I keep my shirt on, right? <laughs> like, I don't yeah, walk around all the time. Yes. Yeah, with, yeah. My, with my shirt <laughs> off, you know, unless I'm changing for like a jujitsu session or something, mm. you know, then, then I've got to get into my workout clothes. But, you know, I don't flaunt the body that God has given me or the work that I've put into it. And so I think it's fine to appreciate one's body. In fact, I, I would go so far as this, like, I think it's important to appreciate the gift of the body that God's given us. Like, have you ever given someone a gift? Yeah, a couple times. Yeah, yeah, the best thing about giving someone a gift, I think, is seeing them Mm. appreciate Mm -hmm. it. Now, I don't know if you've ever given gifts and seen people not appreciate the gift that's been given, or just kind of like throw it aside, like oh, Mm. and and you know they really don't like it. Maybe Mm. it's something that you really liked, and you were hoping that they would like. Have you ever had that experience? Not that people are usually polite. Okay. To me. Okay. Well, that's, <laughs> that's good then. But like, uh, maybe I feel like I'm an intuitive guy mm. and like, I, I see people's eyes, yeah, right? Yeah. Like the reaction, like that they have. And to me, it's kind of almost like a deflation. Mm. If I give someone a gift and they really don't appreciate it. And God, maybe I'm just yeah. not that great at giving <laughs> gifts. Maybe I need to get better and up my game. I need to level up at gift giving. Next episode. But Yeah. <laughs> But I've seen this a couple of times and it really is mm. not an enjoyable experience. It, it, you feel kind of just gross. You're like, oh, mm. they didn't like it. I spent time and effort on it. And so we're both out. Mm. Well, you know, we've been given the gift of a body and we are called to be good stewards of the things that God's given us. Mm. So God's given us this gift. We should improve upon the gift that he's given us and treat it well instead of just taking it for granted you know we get one life here we get one go at this and i really with my body i want to take as good of care of it as i possibly can because it is a gift like being able to walk being able to move weights being able to grapple wrestle run all those things are amazing gifts that a lot of times maybe i take for granted but I want to take good care of what God's given me. I think it's a scriptural principle in all aspects, whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's my body, whether it's my house, my car, I should be a good steward of everything that God has given me. So secondly, it's loving to my wife or future wife to take good care of my body. First of all, because I'm supposed to love my wife like I love myself and also like Christ loved the church. But if I don't take care of myself, that's not setting a good precedent for how mm. I'm going to take care of my wife and love my wife. And also, she's a physical being, and God made us as physical beings and as sexual beings in the, the context of marriage, mm-hmm. right? I want to be clear on that in the context yeah. of marriage. So if I'm not taking care of myself and I'm making it difficult for my wife to see me as a physically attractive man, I'm really setting her up for some problems down the road, whether it's how she looks at other men 
or whether it's the ideas that she has about me as a man, as a leader, and as her husband, I need to love my wife and loving my wife can be demonstrated through taking care of my body. Another thing is that you know, we all respect physical strength. Do you respect physical strength, Ben? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think men and women both, we, ex- we really respect physical strength and it can expand the borders of your nation, your God-given nation, if you take care of your body. If you take care of your body, you'll expand your influence, not just with people that want to know about fitness, but in general. Like, I don't know if, have you noticed this? I have, see, I think because I was just such a, a fat slob earlier in life, I've noticed this transition in people's, the, the way that they treat me, that when I was slovenly, I'm just going to call, I was, I was slovenly. People had nowhere near the level of respect for me. Like I, the way they talk to me, mm. the way they treat me is wildly different now that I show them that I respect myself Mm. enough to take care of myself. And I think that's a really important thing. We We teach people how to treat us. We do, by the way we interact with them and by the way we treat ourselves. And so if you want to be a man of influence that has an impact spiritually on the people around you, you'll have more of an impact on the people around you if they come to you if you're not approachable, they're like, I don't, I don't know about that guy. I don't want to talk to him. I don't respect him. You don't have to be Arnold to be respected. Quite frankly, you don't have to be buff to be respected. But I do think it does have an impact where if you take care of yourself, people recognize that maybe you want to help take care of them too and help square them away. So anyway, it expands your influence. It models good stewardship and it models self-control. And that's all expanding your nations. Like, how do you teach your kids self-control? Like really, how do you teach your children self-control? You have to start by modeling it yourself. Like why in Timothy are elders not allowed to have a family that's out of control? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. God says, if you can't even take care of your own family, how are you going to take care of the church? Mm -hmm. Right? Well, if you can't take care of yourself, how are you going to teach others to do the Mm -hmm. same? Right? So if you can't control yourself, how are you going to teach your children to control themselves? To me, it's the same principle of if you're faithful over a little bit, that's the principle of the talents. If you're faithful over a little bit, God's going to give you more, right? More to be in charge of, because that's what happens to the steward that's faithful with a little bit. God gives him control over more because he's demonstrated he can be faithful over a little. So if you can model self-control, then you're going to be able to help other people because you will be faithful and they'll see that faithfulness. They might not be able to articulate that, but I think that's what's at play here. So Ben, I wanted to get your final thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think stewardship is a, is an excellent word to use when um, when describing um, our, our the care for our body and our soul. Like, I mean, we, we are Christ now. You know, he owns all of us. So mind, body, soul, everything, he, we're his. So when we're cared for and kept under control, uh, when when body and soul are not at odds, uh, you know, with each other, uh, but almost like the the body and the soul having regard for each other, that I think that's a good picture of stewardship, you know, of of stewarding our bodies, our temples. One thing I did want to say, and and you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but um, but I think I I do think because I and I I don't want anyone to mishear us. I think one can become overly concerned with body image, overly concerned with health, um, fitness, and eating in general, like in a, in a kind of obsession. But I think that's 
that right there is an example like on the other end of of the of being out of whack that's pride and mm -hmm. pride is poison to the soul it's terrible for the soul and so the, yet the soul is prone to sin so it needs to be kept in check so and i think that's kind of what we're, we're saying that there needs to be a balance of of body and soul um care for both care for both you know so we're we're against sin in all its forms laziness sloth uh, but also pride, you know, and, and arrogance and, and, and everything that uh, comes along. Idolatry, right? Because Absolutely. it can easily creep into uh, becoming an, an idol. But, um, but that's not caring for the soul. That's not caring for the, the body appropriately as, as we are called to be stewards of them. So, no, thanks for your insight, Brian. That's yeah. super helpful. Yeah, and good point on that. Yeah, I, I want to make sure that's clear. And I don't mm. think I did make that very clear in, in that, yeah, it can be taken to the other extreme. Right. And it can be a source of pride and become a source of arrogance mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. you know, condescension yeah. not in the pot like condescension can have a positive connotation as well sure. it's like someone can condescend mm -hmm. I, i'm going to leave that one be yeah. maybe maybe we'll have an episode down yeah, the road Christ on that, i was going to say that but yeah thank yeah, you right. okay good <laughs> yeah but this mm -hmm. is about balance and i find mm -hmm, personally mm -hmm. maybe i'm wrong but i think the struggle in the church is typically imbalanced away from being fit mm -hmm. and so that's why i'm hitting on this because i think people tend to the spirit at the cost of the body mm. instead of tending to both. And that's the idea here is balance. Mm. So yeah, very good I like point. It. I appreciate you driving that home. Mm. Yeah. So takeaway here, I would say is either move more or eat less if you want to get leaner. If you want to gain strength, you need to move heavy things. And there are plenty of resources out there to help you with that. If, if you have questions, email us info at headofnations.com. If you're like, listen, I want to get into fitness. I have no idea. I'd be happy to help. Mm -hmm. I, I help people that want to learn. So if you want to learn, reach out info at headofnations.com. Or if you just have general questions, info at headofnations.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can hit up our website at headofnations.com and click on the support tab. I'd appreciate you doing that. Also, if you like the show and you want to subscribe, Subscribe and leave a review that helps us with the algorithm to go higher up when people search or are looking for a new podcast to listen to that helps this message get out about biblical masculinity. So I'd appreciate it if you left a review. And as always, I really appreciate you guys listening. Remember, we are the head of our nations, so let's go live like it. Until next time.